Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to episode 131 of the Marathon Running Podcast. In this episode, we're going to do a race recap of the Revel Big Bear Marathon. This is the Marathon Running Podcast by Letty and Ryan from We Got The Runs. Join us in our running community for weekly content that is motivational, educational, and inspirational and let the marathon running podcast take you from the starting line to the finish line and beyond hey runners and welcome to episode 131 hi letty and runners hey ryan and runners (laughs) (laughs) so you have one of your favorite types of episodes yay we're gonna do a recap of an event that i attended uh almost a week ago Without further ado, let's get into it. (laughs) Let's do it. So I'll try to organize you and you tell us about your race. Sounds awesome. So you had a race. You want to tell us where it was? Yes. So this is the Revel Big Bear Marathon taking place uh, in, well, California. And it's a downhill marathon going from Big Bear, not on top of Big Bear, but close to the top of Big Bear, and you run down to San Bernardino. So the easiest way to get there would be either flying into LAX or even closer, Ontario Airport. So were you excited for the race? I was excited because I was curious about how one of those downhills would go. You've Uh, done a downhill before. I have, but that was not when I was really training. That was in law school when I was just kind of leisurely running marathons. And I knew even then my time had improved. So now that I've trained a little bit more, I was curious about how it was going to go. So for reference, the other marathon you did was in Utah. And how much over your average time did you improve by doing the downhill? So probably 10 minutes. Okay. So we'll get back to that later. Okay. And so this marathon... Do you like revel races? Uh, I think I'm at this point at a love and hate relationship. <laughs> you know, I'd only done one and I do like the organization of it. I We've interviewed the uh, the people from Revel Race in episode 110 about downhill running and particularly um, the downhill races. So that was kind of interesting. So I do like the organization, the swag and all that stuff. Well, And so did you like the Big Bear Marathon? <laughs> I will never run that marathon again. So before we get into that, on your rating scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate the Big Bear Revel Marathon? Taking into consideration how well organized it was, how great the communication was via email, the tracking ability, and all that stuff, it would have been a 10. So I'm going to give it a 5. I will never run that race again. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, five is like I never run it again. So really, we should think of your scale as being from five to ten. Well, I can't give it a one because I'm rating the entire experience. So, so let's get into okay. that. Okay, so it's a five. Okay. So 
<clears throat> do you want to go through it like sequence wise from your day? Okay, so we'll do flying in. So when did you fly out of here and into LA? This race is on a Saturday. Most Revel races are on Saturdays. I left Thursday evening. Um, normally, I would have given myself more time, but because this is in a small town and there wasn't much going on, I found a day ahead to be sufficient. So I got I got in about you know ten o'clock p.m. Went to the hotel and and gave myself a full day to acclimate acclimate. So. The thing you like, the only thing you like more than actually marathons is the... <laughs> the expo. Did you go? I did go to the expo. And unfortunately, the expo was rather small. I know that the Revel Marathons usually have bigger expos. And um, I had seen that in Cottonwood, you know, 10 years ago. So for whatever reason, it was a little bit smaller. Um, but, you know... There was a lot of good information at the expo. One of the coaches of the Rebel Marathon was literally standing there giving a course analysis about um, the rolling hills and the elevation change and giving us tips. So I feel like that was really invaluable information that uh, probably made my marathon. What did you eat before the, like the night before the marathon, last meal? So since the race, we had a bus out so early, and we'll get into that, I'm sure. Um, I had some pizza at noon, and then in the evening, when my roommate for the night, which is this girl Emily Morley that I know um, from from running, when she came, we went over to Panera's, and I just had a cup of soup, and and that was basically it. So I didn't really um, fuel that much for that race. I don't know for some reason, I just I don't know didn't didn't really fuel the food that day. No carb loading. Not that much. Okay, so so what time do you go to bed? So I tried to go to bed at 8.30, and I honestly couldn't fall asleep till like 10.30 for whatever reason. Well, 10.30 would be really late our time, because so California versus our time is three hours. So yeah. it's like really late for you. Yeah, I don't know. I just couldn't sleep. And what time do you have to wake up? So we had to wake up at 2 o'clock. So, wow. Yeah, because of the busing, you have to be bussed up, and the buses were to leave between 3.30 and 4.15. So, you know, when you run a marathon, you kind of have to wake up early so you can try to make yourself go to the bathroom. I know it's TMI, but it's a reality. You want to get a good poop in. So you wake up, you get on your super early bus, and then what time do you end up at the top of the mountain then? So we got onto... Okay, here's a funny thing that happened. We get to the bus line and everyone, knowing that it was going to be 20 degrees Fahrenheit, so minus 6 Celsius up on the mountain, everyone was standing by the buses and nobody was getting onto the buses. So the poor volunteers <laughs> were yelling at people saying, you need to get on the bus because if you don't get on the bus, then nobody can leave. So it was really kind of awkward. Um Anyway, so then... <laughs> what do you mean? They were just waiting cause for it to warm up? Yeah, because oh. people didn't want to be up, up up on the mountain. And wait for the race to start? Yeah, so then... So, but they didn't know how long it would take, right? Right, but then they figured, you know, safety is in, in... What is it called? Safety in numbers? Safety is in numbers, and so nobody wanted to get on the bus, but then finally people did go on the bus. For whatever reason, it took us an hour to get up this mountain, and I mean, the, that's probably typical, isn't it? I don't know. I think it I takes mean, a while. windy roads. Yeah, it's a narrow, windy road to the top of Big And it Bear. was dark, and they were blowing the heat. So at, you know, maybe 45 minutes into it, I became really motion sick from that. So I'm sitting well, there. Well, you get motion sick extremely easy. I guess so. And Okay. 
<laughs> so you're running on a cup of soup, you're motion sick, and you're going to freezing cold weather, which you don't like. <laughs> Is that the synopsis so far? That's the synopsis. So, so you get to the top. What's your strategy for the day? I had the strategy of staying warm. I was wearing a lot of throwaway clothes, so I wore three shirts to throw away and one pair of pants, and I had put shower caps over my shoes because I wear the alpha flies, and they're extremely thin, and that actually worked pretty well. So we stood in line for the porta potties, and then... The bonus is your shoes stay clean when you go to the porta potty. Yeah, that's true, too. And then I took off the shower caps. Um, then I put them back on. <laughs> and I literally was standing in the corral pretty close to the front because, you know, I don't, I don't mind starting in the front. I'll let people pass. But I was standing there and I didn't want to take my clothes off until it was literally two minutes before six. But then the race didn't start on time. So. I stood there for 10 minutes in shorts and a tank top with all my throwaway clothes over my shoulders, waiting for the race to start. And then it finally started. So strategy was more in... So when I said strategy, I meant strategy for the race. Oh. Like, what were you going to... Uh, what was your plan? Just go out full from the beginning, pace yourself... I mean, it's a little bit hilly at the beginning, and then it kind of gives a downhill for the rest of the way, right? Yes. And luckily, I had listened to the speaker at the expo who had explained the course in very much detail. So I knew the first nine miles were going to be um, difficult for me because I'm coming from very flat training in Florida. It's very flat. And so that was the plan. And then kind of roll into it, warm up, and go down that hill. And then it flattened flattens out so then just kind of hang in there so part of your strategy is that you weren't going to watch your watch right and you were just gonna see how you felt well that strategy i developed at mile two in my head because okay. i didn't see a purpose in checking my watch because the watch isn't really an indicator of how fast i'm going per se because i'm you know it's it's an accumulation of how you're doing within the whole mile so what's that going to do for me i just decided i'm just going to go by effort and as a reward if i finish this whole race um i'm going to check the watch at 26 miles and then see so you say effort but effort um could also be indicated by heart rate or other things but you didn't want to check you're not really used to that or you just don't want to check it, any of that? Yeah, I don't check the heart rate normally. I just go by what feels easy and what feels hard. And I was going to put in a good effort. And I probably put in a little bit of a harder effort than I normally would have. Because I knew that having their huge part being downhill, I could really make a difference. So um, I put in a harder effort than I intended to. But then I just try to you know, stick with that. You should look back and see what your heart rate was for the race and see if it was relatively consistent. But timing is off because of the hills. It makes it difficult to sit, check your pace because it'll be very different. Um, so you want to go through, let's go through your race. First half, second half. So I'll start with the first half. Any memorable events during the first half? Yeah, I mean, it was a beautiful course. Um, what I do remember is that my feet were freezing cold 
And that didn't go away till mile four or five. I almost stopped at some point because I felt a sensation as, as if something was in my shoe. And I didn't know if it was just a bulge up part of a sock or what what it was. So I, you know, at some point was kind of uh, stamping down on my foot as I was running to try to get it out. But then I said to myself, you know what, just relax because your feet will thaw out <laughs> eventually. And I remember it, it's just, you know, being in shorts, it was extremely cold on my skin. But every once in a while, there was a ray of sun that I could feel on my leg. And it just felt weird because it was like hot, cold. And um, I don't know, I, I felt a little bit nauseated. I don't know if that was because I was breathing extra hard because we we're at a high altitude. Or the bus ride. Yeah. And then another thing I remembered was that there were ice patches on the street. And I was pretty amazed by how the other runners around me, including myself too, would point them out and signal. So then we would, you know, let each other in and, and, and let each other, um, not step on that around the ice patches and so i didn't i didn't see anyone fall i know some people fell but um the people around me and i we didn't and i feel like it was really a lot of camaraderie for that did you notice the elevation in terms of your breathing absolutely (laughs) i i was i was uh breathing pretty loudly i know at, at some point one of my songs turned off and I could hear my breathing and I was like, Jesus, <laughs> I hope the song comes back on because it was so loud. So I felt bad for the other runners. Around. You did pretty good though, pace wise though, even at the beginning, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I did give it a good effort. Um, but you know, again, there's, it's rolling hills. Um, I know I struggled a lot with the uphills, but I told myself, that I'd actually looked at the course for once, so I knew it wasn't going to be forever, but it did feel like forever, definitely. So when did the sun come up? The sun was up, but when it was the start of the race? cold. Yeah, I mean, okay. I think a few miles into it, if I remember correctly, the sun came up. Like all the way up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so second half. Memorable experiences during the second half. Besides the finish, of course. Yeah. So, so the second half, um, there were some parts where the downhill was steeper. Um, at the same time, I think I was going at an effort level that was more than I was expecting myself to do. Um, so, you know, I, I was kind of around mile 16 <laughs> was the first time that thoughts entered my head. Like, I really don't want to finish this. And I started thinking about, uh, options <laughs> and whether or not there would be a possibility of just stopping. There are really no options on that no. road, is there? No, because you are going down the hill on, on one side of the road. And so if anything, every once in a while, there would be a car going up, but there was no cars going down. So even if you were to stop in that freezing cold weather, you would have to try to find an Uber, which, you know, you probably wouldn't get until after the race. And guess what? What? My plane was leaving two hours after the race finished, so. So you had to get down. Had to get down that hill. So, you know, that was the first time those thoughts entered my head. And then when it leveled out around mile 20, I literally, I hated running. I was in my head telling myself I will never have to run on this street ever again in my entire human life if I just finish this. And, you know, I was kind of bargaining with myself, but I really didn't like running. It took forever, those last six miles. It was just really long, kind of like, you know, my recap right now. Uh, yeah. 
Is there any point where you felt like, okay, this is a lot warmer and now I'm more comfortable? So mile five, you felt better, but you didn't get warm until like six miles to the finish? No, 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 no. Okay, so I did get warm after my feet thawed out and I felt comfortable after that. I never really felt 100% uncomfortable. So now you can tell us about the finish because up to that point, up to, well, you can tell us when, but up to some point, you weren't even looking at your watch. You didn't know your time. You were just trying to go by perceived effort level. So now you can go through the finish and then your your race with another runner at the last minute. <laughs> yes. So, um, so I didn't check the watch, honestly, until approximately mile 26. I told myself that I was going to give that to myself as a reward. So if I really just finish at mile 26, I get to check my watch. So guess what? I see the finish line and it's so far away and I'm thinking, okay, this is probably mile 26. And I look at my watch and the way I have my garment arranged is I have the heart rate, I have the overall time, I have the pace time, and then I have the field for the overall time. And I'm looking at this watch and on the top, it says my pace time, but then next to it, kind of below, it said the pace time again, and that was really confusing. And then I realized that the pace time had another number in front of it. So it was really the hour, minute, and seconds. You know what I'm saying? Like it, yeah. it makes the first digit smaller. And I saw that it said 307 and some seconds. So that totally blew me away because I was just hoping to break the whole 318 mark. And I had no idea. I just knew by my perceived effort towards the end that I was feeling super tired. So you were excited. Um, I, I guess, yeah, I was, I was excited. And so then I had to just ring it in until the finish line. And I told myself, I'm not going to go over 310 now that I'm so close to ever breaking 310. And there was this girl who had been an obviously much faster runner than me, but she would always walk through the water stations and then she would look back and she would see me and then she'd run again. So when I saw my time, I started picking up the pace and she turned around and she looked at me and she yelled, oh no, not today. And then she started running away and she took off, I mean, faster than I could probably sprint 200 meters on on good legs. (laughs) And I was thinking, where did she have all her energy from? But it was funny. And so you finished your race. Yes, I crossed the finish line and right, or I guess left next to it, was the medical tent and a chair. And that chair looked so good (laughs) that I sat in it. And started crying. I did start crying. I was overwhelmed with emotions. I don't even know what I was feeling. I was happy the race was over and I was kind of overwhelmed by this crazy finishing time. And so (laughs) the medic gave me a hug. (laughs) And asked if you needed help because you were in the medic tent. (laughs) But I just couldn't get up. (laughs) And then you were on the phone with me and you couldn't understand you because you were crying. And then you said, I can't get up. I can't get up. (laughs) I got to go. And so you left. Yep. The phone call. Yes. And then I found my friends and we were all hugging. My my friend that was trying to run under three hours, she ran her marathon in 256. Um, and, and that was it. So, you know, I wish I would have had more time to go through the finish line festivities because it looked really inviting and really fun. But I had to rush back to the hotel room, take a shower, and then my friends gave me a ride to the airport. Did you make your flight? 
I did. And I had an extra uh, like 30 minutes at the airport. So I stopped. I had a beer. I had some French fries. And that was that. And then you cramped up on the plane ride home. No, the cramping didn't start until I think the day after. So when you finished the race, you said you'll never run it again. Sometimes though, after you've had some time to reflect, you might change your thoughts. But doesn't seem like you have. Not for this particular race. I, I might try another one, but this one was um, a little bit too brutal for me with the rolling hills. It was just, you know, something. Um, if I ever do a race like this again, I will definitely do some strength training and run up and down that, that bridge in our town because we don't have any hills. We don't have a lot of hills. Yeah. Now that we've talked about the race... And you kind of alluded to your time. We have to talk about your time. We had a bet, right? Yes. I don't remember what it was, though. Do you? I said I was going to run it um, sub 318. Yeah, and I usually say faster, so that means I won. Yes, yes. You said I would be faster than 315, I believe. Yes. <laughs> Good thing we're not betting for money. So in addition to that, how fast were you at Utah compared to your other runs during that time in your life when you were slower? So in Utah, I finished about 10 minutes faster. And here, I also finished... Um, 10 minutes faster than your PR? Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to get 10 minutes off your time, find a downhill race and suffer through it. No, I really do, do think that. And, you know, there is a lot of controversy on... <clears throat> social media, Facebook and all that stuff where people say, well, should you really be claiming this? Not me in general, but like, you know, a lot of people PR'd. So there was a question, should you really be claiming that as a PR? And, um, you know, obviously I'm not at the fitness where I could run a 309 at a flat course like Chicago. At the same time, I'm not trying to run or qualify for the Olympic trials. So in my head, if this is a race that exists and everyone is able to sign up for it, then I feel like it's it's fair game. Um, but yeah, you know, again, for Olympic trial qualifiers and all that stuff, it's probably um, a good thing that those races do not qualify you. It's tough, though, too, because a lot of races, even like the LA Marathon is a gradual downhill. If you look at the elevation or it used to be, I don't know, I've changed it. So a lot of races are going to be slightly different in terms of the amount of elevation or hills or where it starts and finishes. So, I mean, this is maybe an extreme of that. But but if, like you say, if you're not, like, going at it professionally, sh like, it shouldn't really matter, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, I think there's just so many variables, too, because, you know, weather, you can have a race where it's raining, downpouring, freezing, or you can have a race like New York the last week where it's just super hot and humid and you won't have the same results. So obviously, we're not all running um, a marathon on a treadmill where it's 68 degrees inside of the house. So it's it's tough to compare them. Of course, there's gravity, but, um, you know, some people don't even like that type of race. So, yeah, I mean, you have elevation too, and um, running downhill is a whole nother, you know, skill, I guess, or strain on your body. And, and it's, I mean, obviously, even with both those races, you only gained 10 minutes, which is a lot, but at the same time, isn't a lot if you're dry, riding downhill the whole time. Like if you were doing it on a 
bicycle or something it would be much much faster than 10 minutes right and you still have to unlike a bike where you kind of just sitting on it you still have to have a certain level of fitness because you know when i ran that first race when i wasn't training for marathons i was never going to run at 309 and right now i'm at a better level of fitness than i was before so obviously it's gonna just push me in the in the right direction so questions are you gonna try to Better your flat race marathon to a sub three ten. Um, I I don't think necessarily that I want to do that, but I did use this race to kind of break this mental barrier of that three eighteen number that in my head I was never able to break because I've done I think five marathons all in that three eighteen range, and so I really wanted to use this race to get past that. Um, what I want to do for running, it you know, right now I've we've got the kids to focus on. I also want to focus on work, and like I've told you before, I love running. I don't um, necessarily enjoy racing to the point of nausea like this race where I finished and I was nauseated and my lungs hurt and I finally realized what it's like when people say they're in pain from racing it wasn't in pain from downhill it was just because the effort level I put in was so high so I don't really enjoy that as much as I do you know Chicago where I run comfortable given this marathon was a five on the Letty Lager scale would you consider doing it again to get a sub three? No. no. I I don't I don't feel like that's um you know Never say never. <laughs> I don't feel like that's a priority right now. Um next year I've picked out a bunch of races. A lot of them are kind of almost sightseeing purposes, but I do want to stay at my current level of fitness and maybe improve a little bit. Um but but not <laughs> Nothing like that. Um, I'm excited for you to start training for your uh, June marathon in Stockholm that we'll be running together. You know, things like that are more, I think, uh, of a goal for me. So any advice for people who might want to shave 10 minutes off their marathon time by participating in the Big Bear Marathon? I mean, I think um, I think everyone should just go for it. I think uh, people have probably a better experience than me because I don't have hills, like I said, ever here. I always run flat. So if you live in any other city that is not in Florida or somewhere pancake flat, then this race might be a lot of fun for you. It's it's a great great swag, great experience. I I'd highly recommend it. I just would never do it again. So when you say go for it too, I think I think you alluded to some things. That were beneficial is that like if you want to get over that mental barrier or something then it might be a good thing to do um i personally i, I don't know I, mean, I don't really like running downhill that much but i think i like running more remote in like in like a big i've been in big bear a lot you know dirt biking and other stuff when we lived in california i think that would be a lot more fun to me than just like running through you know streets as much but that's just everyone's different right like i like being in nature more and mm -hmm. and so oh it was if, beautiful right and i think you would have really enjoyed it you know you look up and you see the mountains you see the sunrise and snow-capped um whatever trees and all that stuff it was really pretty yeah any other last words of wisdom or anything else you want to say about the big bear marathon no, I think that wraps it up pretty pretty well. I'll be posting some pictures um on Instagram. The Instagram. So if you haven't followed <laughs> us yet, we are at Running Podcast. I hate when you add the in front of this. <laughs> the Instagram. But so 
turkey trot season or in other words thanksgiving <laughs> coming up and you had a turkey trot planned for tomorrow but sounds like you've nixed that for sake of your sore legs legs are still a little bit sore it's only been a well a week tomorrow and uh yeah so we're skipping that but hopefully we'll find another one for uh next week so there's still hope for a turkey trot i hope so how about you in turkey trot season yeah no i don't mind 5ks are fun they're kind of quick are you gonna wear your turkey gear you'll probably make me i don't know i think i threw it out so anyway for all the people out there with turkey trots on the schedule good luck Tag us on the Instagram so we can see what your costumes look like if you're wearing one. Or just, you know, share your results with us because we love seeing that kind of stuff, especially Ryan. He gets super excited. And if you can't find the Instagram, just look, tag us on Instagram. (laughs) And then don't forget about Black Friday. Hopefully um, we can find some really cool deal when it comes to running shoes i know my friends have been sending me screenshots of the endorphins and maybe there will be some alpha flies so uh if if we find some we will post that too because who wouldn't want to get a good deal on those shoes and if that's the end have a happy week of running thanks for tuning in For more information, head to www.runningpodcast.us and as always, have a great week of running.